1 Timothy, verse 1. 1 Timothy, verse 1. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. But the Spirit distinctly and expressly declares. Why does it say he distinctly and expressly declares? Because the Holy Spirit did not want there to be any mistake about what he was getting ready to say. He says distinctly and expressly, accurately declares that in the latter times, some, everybody say some, everybody say some, everybody say not me, everybody say not me though. But, but some will turn away from the faith. Giving attention, whew, giving attention to stuff that shouldn't even have your attention. Giving attention to things that shouldn't even have your attention. Attending to ideas and thoughts you shouldn't even be entertaining. You ever had an idea or thought that you shouldn't entertain? Some of us lie. You ever thought about killing somebody? Huh? You got so mad, you thought about killing somebody. Anybody ever thought about killing somebody? If I could just grab them by the neck till they turn blue. Now, was that a thought? that you should be entertaining? No, no, giving attention to deluding. You ain't never had the dove on me. No, no, don't say that. All right, deluding <laughs> and seducing spirits. They asked Ruth Graham one time. She was married to Billy Graham, you know. Say, you ever thought about divorce? He, she said, no. Murder, yes. That's what she said. Deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines of demons that teach. This is what I want to know. If, if demons teach, Jasmine, then that means you're learning something. Here's what I want to know. What are you learning? Because everybody's learning from a teacher. Come on, somebody. Who's your spiritual teacher? Everybody points to me. But no, because you're not doing what I say do. You're not doing what I teach you. Somebody say amen. So who's teaching you? Preaching a sweet baby Jesus Christmas message, and y'all have been to our church. Some of y'all have been there for years and heard me preach sermons around the Christmas theme. But I'm gonna tell you right now that in this season, so many people are leaving the church, LeJane, for good. They think they leave in a local church, but they leave in the church. And they're not believing what they used to believe anymore. And they're changing the doctrine. 
It's another there is no rapture. That's preacher saying there is no hell. And and all that we've learned for centuries, like all of Billy Graham and McKenna Higgins and, and all of Lester Summerall, they was all wrong. Because we in the new generation, we're right. We got a new revelation. And all you got to do is get on YouTube for about five or six minutes, and you'll hear everything that preaches totally against everything that me, Dr. Rogers, Pastor Gucci, there's a preacher for every point that we preach that say just the opposite. Everybody say, demons teach. Oh, yeah. The doctrines that demons teach. But watch this. Through hypocrisy and pretensions of liars whose consciences are seared, cauterized. That means they're branded. Go to the next scripture. Their consciences are cauterized. <clears throat> they give heed to these seducing spirits. Now, cauterized means to burn the skin or the flesh. It means that there is something in your conscience that don't work like it used to. And when you, when you leave God, and I'm not talking about when you just get saved, because when you get, just get saved, you're walking out of darkness into light. And there's a progression. Somebody say amen. And one of the things that happens is that stuff that you used to do and have no conscience about, you can cuss people out and have no conscience about, See, that cauterization, that hardness of heart, when you get born again, it be, your heart becomes a heart of flesh, and it gets softer. And so one of the things you notice when you truly get saved, the first time when you truly get saved, that stuff you did without no thought and no guilt, all of a sudden you start having guilt. All of a sudden you start having conviction. Somebody say amen. Because when you first get saved, you don't get perfect, but you start progressively walking out of darkness into the light. Somebody say amen. But when you fall away from God, there are things that, that now you used to have a conscience about, but when you start going back and backsliding, then now I, I was a Christian, I was born again, I didn't sleep around, I didn't cuss people out, I didn't do drugs, but now I start going back into that stuff again. And y'all, the Bible says that you are branded, you are cauterized. You, you ever seen Omegas get a brand or the Sigmas get a brand? You can put in pins and knives all on that. They can't feel it. Somebody say amen. That's demonic in the first place. Somebody say amen. I can't hear nobody. That's demonic. Put a brand on your body for a Greek organization. But the Bible says expressly in the last days that people are going to depart from the faith and give attention to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now we've talked a lot about this. Maybe four times already. We showed y'all the video of the greatest heretic and apostate of our time. The person that left the faith. Do y'all have that video ready? 
in that video that we showed you, and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, that's all right. Catherine Kuhlman warned Carlton Pearson. She said, never get out the will of God. That was November the 19th, 1973 or something. Do you know when that brother died? November 19th, 2023, to the very day that she told him, do not get out of the will of God. I wonder what that means. Can I meet with you at the church? Me and Pat going to meet. I wonder what that means. She said, do not get out the will of God on November the 19th. And then so many years later, on November the 19th, one of the greatest apostate heretic people who had been a blessing once to the body of Christ, had turned against the, the word of God. Number one, he said that the word of God was not inerrant and infallible. He said a lot of it was made up. That's what he said. He used to preach the word. Got famous preaching the Bible. Then he started saying there was no hell. So he heard a voice tell him there was no hell. And basically he left what we know as the Christian faith. Roll it. Y'all got some sound on that? Then tonight, and uh, I was thinking about Bishop Carlton Pearson. Who we love. Absolutely adore. That's the reason those thousands and thousands of students at Oral Roberts University have such confidence in you. Carlton, your potentialities. You have everything. But remember, if I could give you one advice, just one I would say to you. Never get out of God's will. I, I questioned God because I was burying so many loved ones out on drugs and alcohol and they were doing everything we were taught against. And I kept thinking even then, my freshman year of college when my grandmother died, what are we doing? Why isn't this thing working? We are dealing with changing an entire paradigm. And the grief and agony that I carried for decades, and everybody needs to be open to that. For 50 years, actually, I began to awaken at 50. It seemed like the entire body of Christ sort of just turned their back on him uh, because he uh, introduced some new ideas and theology. I believe everybody goes through hell, but that nobody ultimately goes to hell. I realize that the King James Version of the Bible, which is the most influential book in the Western world for the last 400 years. It's pretty much outdated itself. So there's a whole new, we have to create a new, a third testament. Everybody goes through it. Nobody necessarily goes to it ultimately, lest Christ is a failure. A new canon. Um, and that, that's what the gospel of inclusion was. At first, I actually believed in hell. I just didn't believe anybody would be in it because of the finished work of the cross. That was my Christian perspective. Most Christians, call themselves saved, but they don't feel safe. Boom. I think Baptists tend to be feel a little bit more secure than holiness people, Pentecostals, because we really feel that God's coming for a church without spot, blemish, wrinkle, or any such thing. Well, who is that? 
love me, worship me, serve me, you creep. And if you don't, to hell with you. Never get out of God's will. Now, we would never say it that way. But I happen to see it that way. So, Father, I thank you now for our, our dear bishop. It takes a lot of guts for me to say the God of the Bible is made up dear bishop. as a sociopathic, sadistic, dear bishop. angry, manic depressive, dear bishop. maybe even psychologically uh, demented, demented. Our dear bishop. Setting free Christian millions of people and you're giving them permission to be human beings being human and right. not holding guilt for being human. Just like he was intentional about pulling people up uh, and mm -hmm. helping them. Yes. And we send you back home to make trouble. Good trouble. Good trouble. Get in it, make it, because it's changing the culture. But I just changed the message to another positive way where I don't put all that burden on you. Because your potentiality. You have everything. But remember, if I could give you one advice, just one, I would say to you, never get out of God's will. How do you go from preaching the gospel, believing the gospel, being excited about the Lord, being excited about the word, being excited about church. How do you get to that point of, I turn my back on God? Did you hear him? The God of the Bible is made up. The God of the Bible is a sociopath. The God of the Bible is sadistic. That's what he said. He ended up saying that. So as we close this year out, I want to give you some strategy to how not to turn away from God in this season. Are y'all with me? We found out that the only reason people turn from God is because of three things. First John 2.15 says, love not the world. Paul said, demons left me because he loved the world. Somebody say amen. There's only three things in the world. The Bible says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, lust of the flesh, any kind of appetite, sexual, uh, alcohol, drugs, food, whatever kind of addiction you got, any kind of cravings that will keep you out of the will of God. And there are people that want to say that God is my God, but they can't stop drinking. They can't stop smoking. They, they got uh, sexual addictions. Come on, somebody. Secondly, it says lust of the eye. We call that covetousness, that you hurt because somebody you see somebody else doing good. I love what Dr. Rogers said in that witchcraft message, and I, you need to go listen to it. But he said, your, my, my divorce don't have nothing to do with your wedding. Somebody say amen. I'm at your wedding feeling bad because I got a divorce. I'm at your baby shower feeling bad because I had some miscarriages. Come on, somebody. That's covetousness. And then the pride of life, I will not submit. Some people, they can't grow in God. They can't stay in God because it's just too many rules. It's too much. It's too, too many things that constrain, and they will not submit. So here's my four points, and I'm getting ready to get out of your way. How not to slip away. And if you're in here, you ought to be very attentive 
and you ought to write this down. If you're sleeping, we're going to put you out. Somebody say amen, because you need to hear this. Number one, how do I not slip away <clears throat> in this season? And the reason why we keep showing you called in prison, y'all, because when that brother died, <clears throat> them spirits went somewhere. <clears throat> and there are pastors who used to preach the gospel right after he died, they starting to say something different. Trust me, I know, I'm, I'm listening, I'm tapped in. Somebody say amen. So the spirit is in the air. But everybody say, not me. Everybody say, not me. I don't hear you, I don't sound convincing. Everybody say, not me. Number one, how not to slip away. Stay in Thanksgiving. Brother Pat, go get that green book off the front. Stay in Thanksgiving. You know, many people leave the church. When they leave the church, <clears throat> they're not in want, Diamond. When they leave the church, they done got all kind of blessings. You know, Carlton Pearson, when he passed away, he was worth $39 million. They tried to make him a victim in the movie, Come Sunday, like he lost everything. No, he gained a lot. Somebody say amen. Kirk Franklin not worth $39 million. He's not. But when Carlton Pearson died, he was worth $39 million. But let me tell you how he got the $39 million. He got it off the church for, for, from preaching the Bible. Come on, somebody. That he now says is, is a fairy tale. Since Cassie, people don't usually leave the church until after they've gotten what they wanted. I can't hear nobody. People came to our church, they didn't have money. Come on, somebody. They didn't have a place to stay, some of them. Some of them didn't have a car. Come on, somebody. Some women came, they were barren, they couldn't have babies. And people don't leave the church or figure out some other kind of doctrine or philosophy until God has thoroughly blessed them. Somebody say amen. Carl Prison didn't leave the church while he was poor. He got rich off the church. Come on, somebody. He got famous off the church. He had millions of dollars from the church and the books that he wrote and, tour and all the albums that he, that he created and produced. He got rich off the church and then came up with another idea. That's why I got a problem with Lecrae and all these rappers and everything because they got rich off the church. Churches was bringing them to the youth group. Churches was uh, lifting them up and giving them platforms and then all of a sudden they get famous and now oh Snoop Dogg ain't so bad and now y'all need to stop being so deep come on somebody and now we can smoke weed and we can cuss and we can do all this stuff no people don't leave the church till they get what they wanted from the church you know what I mean like people didn't have a house but they came to the church they got a house. Come on, somebody. They got money. Come on, somebody. Some people got married. Some people sold several houses while they was at the church. They got all kind of money. Number one, stay in appreciation. 
I can't hear nobody. Stay in a pre okay. If God ever did something for you at this church, you ought to give God some praise right now. You ought to give God some praise right now. Oh my God. You ought to give, I'm looking right at you. You ought to give God some praise right now. Stay in Thanksgiving. Everybody say, stay in. If I'm saying stay in, that means you can leave it. And you got to fight to stay in some Thanksgiving. Somebody say amen. We said this on Thanksgiving. You know, when people ain't like mama, that creates a whole nother emotion than after people done got what they wanted. Huh? Come on, single sisters. <laughs> that brother was begging, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. He'll beg. He'll wine and dine you. He'll take you out. Come on, somebody. He'll go get, go get his hair. Get, get, come on. He'll go, get, go to the barber shop. Hey, he'll buy new Air Jordans to go out with you on the day. He'll do all kind of stuff until he get what he wants. Come on, somebody. Now, now he's begging on the front side. Come on, somebody. But after they give, that's why you, that, come on, somebody. That's why you don't need to be sleeping with a man that's not your husband. That's why if you don't put a ring up, come on, somebody. Because there's a whole nother emotion when I'm on the front end trying to get something and then on the back end when I get it. Now, that's a carnal example. But tell somebody, stay in Thanksgiving. Yeah. He don't call me no more. He done ghosted me. You know why? He got what he wanted. Somebody say amen. Now, in the black culture, we call that a certain word. We're not going to use that here, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Somebody say amen. In Luke 17, verse 11, and it came to pass when he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered the village, there met ten that were leprous who stood afar off, lifted up their voice, and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. You listen, they, they had a whole nother emotion when they needed something. They was crying out to Jesus. The Bible said Jesus told them, go do this. Didn't nobody argue. Didn't nobody say, oh, well, it's my opinion. I do it this way. Didn't nobody say, well, I'm the kind of person that I don't like to show myself to the priest. Didn't nobody come back with nothing. They did exactly what he told them to do. Somebody say Amen. Yeah, you need to borrow 500. Meet me at Western Union over here at Walmart. You know people will be there because there's another emotion, Jasmine, when I need something versus once I get something. But once they got it, Jesus looked around. One man came back. He said, where are the nine? You know, they departed from Jesus, but one man stayed with Jesus. And the Bible says he was made whole. How are you not going to slip away? Stay in Thanksgiving. I want you to think about three things right now that God has done for you since you've been saved, since you've been a part of this church. I want you to turn and tell somebody something that God did for you. Come on. Tell them three things that he did. And tell them why you are thankful, why you are thankful, why you are grateful. Everybody say, stay in Thanksgiving. Oh, I don't have my church with me today. Somebody say, stay in Thanksgiving. Somebody say, stay in Thanksgiving. 
Everybody else is ungrateful. You ought to stay in Thanksgiving. Ain't nobody else saying, thank you, sir. Thank you, man. You ought to say, thank you, sir. You ought to say, thank you, man. Come on, somebody. Everybody else is walking around acting like God ain't did nothing. Everybody else is walking around acting like you didn't have COVID in 2020 and you were scared. Everybody want to act like that, that they just got here on their own and their own smarts and their wisdom and let them do what they want to do. But you ought to say, thank you, God for what you did for me. Thank you, God, for healing my body. You ought to say thank you, God, for providing for me. You ought to say thank you, God, for bringing me in when I was out. You ought to say thank you, God, for forgiving my sins. You ought to say thank you, God. Hallelujah. Sit down. Number two. How you're not going to slip away in this season. Now, this is, this is true. Don't grow weary in well-doing. I mean, Dr. Rogers, we, we done took a whole, a whole nother life. We're going to put sleepy people out. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Write this in your notes. Don't let your emotions or your flesh Run the show. Not in this season. You know, a lot of people say when they come to our churches, they say, the Lord sent me here. They say, the Lord told us that this is where we belong. People had other job opportunities. They left certain cities, Pat, to move here. They turned down certain places. They supposed to go somewhere and work. They turned it down, Sister Tia. Because God told them to come here. But watch this logic. When it's time for them to leave, they don't say that God told them to leave. I always ask, did God tell you to leave? No, it ain't that God telling them to leave. It's Ramona, what it is, is that they don't let their emotions and their flesh start running the show. And you know, the Bible says that's sin because God said, don't let it happen. Let's go to the scripture. Are y'all still with me? Well, we're finna get out of here. Galatians 6 and 9. It says, and let us not. Everybody say not. That's a commandment. It says, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we'll reap if we faint not. Everybody say, let us not. Now, if you didn't go watch that, from last Sunday, you got to go watch my brother. Because there was a dude up in there sleeping, Brother Courtney. He said, let's put, put that brother out or wake him up. And he said, you wouldn't fall asleep in front of your supervisor. How many of y'all be sleeping in front of your supervisor? Let me see your hand. But you come in the presence of God and we sleepy. We weary. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all got a college degree? Let me see your hand. You, you never pulled all night of studying for a final? Hello? Stayed up all night, did what you had to do. Stood up and read the book. Come on, somebody. Drank coffee after coffee after coffee. I see somebody lying there. Yeah, but we come to church in the things of God and we grow weary. But the Bible says, don't let yourself be weary in the presence of God. If I was sitting by my wife, kept falling, I'd say, baby, pinch me, slap me, but don't let me 
must not be weary. What about all the stuff we did out there in the world? Ain't nobody ever went from club to club, though, right? Huh? One club closed, you went to the next club. Huh? And then when the clubs ran out and the sun came up, he you over at the breakfast club. Having, come on, somebody. But you come to church and it's an hour and a half serving and you sleeping, grown not weary and well doing. Y'all, it's not my job to keep you awake. It's not my job to keep you from getting weary. Paul said it's your job. Come on, it say don't let it happen. You know, like Jesus said, do not, don't worry. Don't let yourself worry. Yo, that's a hard thing to do is to stop your mind from thinking this or that, right? But he say, don't do it. And if God say don't do it, that means we cannot do it. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at 2 Thessalonians 3.13. How you going to not slip away in this season? But brother, he said it again. Be not weary in well-doing. I remember the first time we went to go get our house and see some of y'all on the things you want, you don't get weary, do you? How many pieces of paper they asked you for when you was getting your house? They asked you for a lot of pieces of paper. Over and over, more stuff, application, more this, go get that, go get this. We, uh, you know, and by the way, go, go let them draw some blood because we need your blood type and we need your arm. Come on, come on. And did you grow weary? Did you grow weary? I can't hear nobody. When it was time to get the house, you did everything that they told you to do because that was important to you. But y'all, let me tell you, in a few minutes, this life going to be over. The Bible says our life is but a vapor. It's but a mist. Y'all, in a minute, this going to be over. This is more important than getting a loan on a house or a loan on a car. Grow not weary in this season. So if it's said two times, what y'all think? Don't grow weary. Everybody say, don't grow weary. <sighs> Number three, and I'm almost done. I got one more point after this. Stay away from people that are weary. <laughs> Stay away from people that succumb to evil. Because we're going to stay woke right now. Stay away from people who not right. How many of y'all know some people like, like, like what that movie, Can't Get Right? How many of y'all know some Can't Get Right people? They not going to be right. They don't want to be right. Some of my family members, some of my friends, old acquaintances, some of my coworkers, they not right. They don't want to be right. They not going to get right. The Bible says stay away from them people. In that same passage, I want you to look at it. <laughs> this is so good. 2 Thessalonians 3, 14. After he told you not to grow weary, in 3, 13, look what he say. And because he know what makes people weary, it's wrong associations. It's wrong associations. What's your new pastime, your new hobby? What, what, what about them people you around? Are they hot for God? Me and my wife was going through the list of demons. Y'all, there is a, a group of demons called Motorcycle Club. 
Did we see that? Yeah, motorcycle club people. Because them people hot for God, aren't they? All the motorcycle, uh, horseback riding club people. Huh? They like to read the Bible. They like, they like to evangelize, right? That's why they ain't no motorcycle gangs and clubs, right? No, man. You get in the wrong group, and I'm talking about it can seem like inoculus. It could be the Deltas. It could be the AKAs. It could be the Omega Sapphire. We do good things in the community. Do you do good things for God? I've never seen AKAs out handing out tracks trying to get people saved. Have you? If any man obey not our word by this letter, note that man. And they think me and Dr. Rogers hard when we know people that ain't right. And, I, and I'm hoping, I'm praying for people that, that, that people can come through. Because, y'all, if they don't, we're we going to note you. Because the Bible said it. Because you got to tell the babes who not to get with. And the people is always causing trouble and strife and running people off. You gotta, you gotta finally just know the people. <laughs> Anybody that don't obey the word of God, it said, don't keep company with them. Watch this. Why? That they may be ashamed and come to their senses. Y'all, and I know this is a hard point, and some of y'all. And I heard Keith Moore say, some of y'all going to miss God, going to miss heaven, going to miss the rapture because of your mama, because of your sisters, because of your brothers. But I thank God for uh, grandmama, mama long. We was all in the house, her children, her grandchildren, her in-laws. And she just, just spontaneous, when nobody said that to her, she made a public announcement. She said, I love all of y'all. She said, but I ain't going to hell for none of y'all. And y'all got to get that kind of mindset in your mind. You can love your children. You can love your husband. You can love your wife, but you ought to make a declaration right now. I love y'all, but I ain't going to hell for none of y'all. I'm not missing the rapture for none of y'all. If you believe that, you ought to say yeah. In the drum cage. Yo, who you been running with? Because when people start going cold for God, it's always a person. It's always a person. Let's look at Galatians 3 verse 1. <laughs> I love the scripture because the scripture is so revealing. This is what it say. It say, oh foolish Galatians. It say you're a fool if you let people influence you away from God. What Dr. Rogers been talking about witchcraft. It, you, you're foolish if you do that. But he said, oh, foolish Galatian. Did, well, what's the next, what's the next uh, pronoun? What? Did he say what? And then what did it say what? It say what, don't it? No, it say who has bewitched you. It's always a person. You, you, you raising teenagers, you raising some children, and they start acting funny. All you got to do is figure out who they've been hanging with. Your husband, your wife, they come home, they acting different. They got a different spirit. All you got to wonder is who. People that go right in the church, and then all of a sudden they switch up. And that's a, all, the only question I got is who they been sitting by, who they been talking to. Because somebody has bewitched you. 
it's always a who. You let your wife, your husband join these organizations, you need, you need to investigate who in the organizations. Who are they around? Come on, somebody. And I'm talking about, y'all, it was certain sports and stuff. My daughters, they wanted to do basketball. They wanted to do volleyball. When we got around that gymnastic, and we let them do it for a little while. When we got around that and saw the parents and saw the kids that they was going to be associated with, we say, oh, no, baby, you can't do that sport. Somebody say amen. It wasn't about the sport. It wasn't about them getting a scholarship because we knew God would provide that anyway. It was about the who that was going to be around them, bewitching them. Ain't nobody but lesbians on the basketball team. Y'all, I'm just, can I keep it real? Who on the basketball team? Lesbians. And the coach lesbian, is she walking through the locker room? You think I'm going to let my daughter play that sport? You got to be out your mind. <laughs> that would be foolish. All in the name of sports. All in the name of some prestige. All in the name of they're going to get a scholarship. Y'all, how many of y'all know my God supplies all of my needs? Come on, somebody. Then we taught them work ethic. They know how to work and pay for their own school. Y'all, we're not subject to the to the whims of this world, to what uh, uh, some sports going to produce. Somebody say amen. Everybody say who? Who's been with you? Come on, somebody. And here's my last point. I think, brother, we're going to go home with this one. Hopefully, hope, hope they get excited. The, the last one is hold fast. <laughs> hold, hold fast. <laughs> hold fast. You have been on a roller coaster? Huh? You, you have been on one of the rides? You know, my wife, she don't get on a lot of it. She's been on a couple of rides. And, y'all, even if she was mad, or she, you know, she don't like to do a lot of touchy feeling. Y'all, well, by the time we get out there, come on, somebody. By the time we got off that ride of that boat, she was all over me and keeping me alive. Somebody say amen. Yeah, she was all over because she knew she needed to what? Hold fast. The Bible says that we got to hold fast. I love Kenneth Hagin because he taught, he taught the word of God in such plainness. You know, so people would, during uh, the healing revival of the 40s, they would go to... Uh, uh, Let's summer, they would go to Kenneth uh, Hagen. They would go to Oral Roberts' tent. And, y'all, if you ever get a chance, you can just Google it on YouTube or whatever. You can see bona fide miracles happening. They got it on tape, and it was in black and white. They were filming. It was live television during that time. And then they wouldn't let them broadcast it on television unless they had, watch this, Jasmine, a doctor to verify the miracles. So he, they, they say, because if we can't verify, we're going to sue you and shut you down as a fraud. So they had doctors verifying the miracles on television, and people was getting miracles. They were getting healed, all kind of stuff. And sometimes they would go and get a miracle at Oral Roberts and two months later the sickness or whatever came back. For instance, if they were blind and their eyes were open, two or three months later, blindness would come back on them. So we always got to have something to say. We have to come up with some reason. And so People would say, well, it wasn't God because, you know, if God does something, it's done. 
How many of y'all ever heard that? If God can do something, it's done. Right? If, if God give it, can't nobody take it away. Y'all ever heard that? But yet and still, the scripture tells us to hold fast. Are y'all with me? Look at Revelation 3.11. He says, behold, I come quickly and hold fast that which you have. So if it can't be taken away, if the devil can't come steal a healing once God gave it to you, then why did Jesus say, hold fast? Turn to somebody and say, you got to hold fast. Paul said, I kept the faith. If you can keep the faith, you can lose the faith. Everybody say, hold fast. I don't care what's going on around you. Rebellion is in the air. Sensual sins are in the air. It's going to get rocky right along here right now. But God is telling everybody under the sound of my voice, you better hold fast. <laughs> We're getting ready to close this. They wrote a song in the old school. They said, billows may roll. Breakers may dash. I'm not worried about it because he holds me fast. Everybody say, hold fast. When it gets rocky, everybody say, hold fast. <laughs> when things not going right, say, hold fast. I've been praying about it and it haven't come through yet. Everybody say, hold fast. I've been sowing my seed, but my harvest hasn't come. Everybody say, hold fast. Everybody say, pastor been preaching and every time he preach, he get on my nerves. Don't leave. Tell him, say, hold fast. Everybody say, hold fast. In this season, because the devil is trying to take everybody out that he can take out. The devil is trying to move everybody off that he can move off. The devil is trying to hurt everybody that he can hurt. But those people that are hold fast, he can't do nothing to you. Somebody say amen. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant for the devil your adversary, he roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, Sister Nellie, if he got to seek whom he may devour, that means he can't devour all of us. There are only certain people that he can trick or treat. There are certain people that he can move out of the will of God. But there are some people who said, I'm steadfast, I'm unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. There are some people, even in this room, that say, I'm a soldier. 
in the army of the Lord. There are some people that say, I will live, I will die in the army of the Lord. There are some people that say, come hell, come high water, I'm not moving. If you want to move, go ahead and move, but I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold fast to the Lord who's the rock of my salvation. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. While trouble runs, I'll hasten unto his throne. In other words, you can say what you want, you can do what you will, but my heart is fixed, my mind's made up, I'm not going, I'm not going anywhere but through. Look at mama, she's standing up. But some of y'all still sitting down. But hallelujah, I'm going through. I'm going through. I don't care what you chose to do. I'm going to hold fast. Why don't you touch two people and tell them I'm going to hold say it's going to be easy? Come on. I got close songs because y'all don't know enough scripture. But what Mary Mary say? Nobody told me it was going to be easy. But I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. But I'm going to flip it around. He ain't brought me this far and I'm going to leave him. You mean all the signs, wonders, and miracles? And I'm going to leave God? John 6, 66. Put it up the screen. Those are times. Over half the congregation left. Well, if you hear Pastor, over, over half Pastor Rundi, congregation left. You know what I'm going to say? Deuces. Most of the people that was following Jesus, they left him. In this verse, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. <laughs> I love this. Hey, you know what, Tia? You know what he didn't do? Oh, oh no, 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 leave. You misunderstood me. Because he said something about if you don't eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. They thought he was talking about cannibalism. No, no, let me explain. No, he didn't do that. You know what he did? He turned to the others. He said, will you also go away? But you know what Simon Peter said? He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? He knows a who. If you leave God, where are you going? If you leave KCOH, to who are you going to go? Where are you going? 
You know what he was saying? I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> and you know, you got to speak to yourself sometimes. You know there's a king and a fool in all of us, a queen and a fool in all of us. And sometimes you got to speak to the fool. And say, no, no devil, I'm not going nowhere. That's holding fast. Don't we talk about confession over here? So why are you talking to your husband or wife about leaving them? Y'all love my wife. Y'all, I know God assigned me to this. And then my wife, you know, we, our grandmother, my mom alone, she went to another church and daddy alone's pastor. If my wife say, hey, uh, Ryan, I'm leaving KCOH. You know what I'm going to say? I'm not going nowhere. You know I would do that, right? I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> Didn't you learn something? Didn't you learn anything from best man? You shouldn't be watching no way. But what's first? God, then family, then football. When family start conflicting with God, you know what I'm going with? I'm going with God. I'm just going to tell you. And you got to start decreeing it. You shall decree a thing and shall be established. You know what's decreed in my house? We're going to do the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord for us. You know, I just put it all in line. I just retired and resigned. Y'all, you, you think I'm going to leave here now? Are you kidding me? No, no, no. I decree and declare in my own house. No, KCOH is our, our work. It's what I'm doing. You want to go do something else? Go ahead. Hey, hey, go ahead. I'm looking at everybody now. You need to go do something else? Go ahead. Because obviously God provided for us, yes? Obviously signs, wonders, and miracles prevail. Obviously I don't need uh, 600 people to buy and purchase and pay for a property. Somebody say amen. And y'all, you know we never compromised our preaching to get a crop. Dr. Rogers never did it. He got a crowd. Y'all, we're not, we not changing nothing. As a matter of fact, gentlemen, we're going harder in the paint. And we're going to hold people that's been with us accountable. Somebody say amen. How many of y'all glad about that? <laughs> All that monkey wrench spirit stuff. And the Bible say if you're not gathering, you're scattering. You're running people off. And y'all, we're not going to let you stay here doing that. Y'all saw that crowd we had last night? That's going to be regular in 2024. I'm just telling you. We're decreeing and declaring it. Well, people going to come out for preaching like they come out for music. Yeah. Y'all, that's going to happen. With or without any of us. Because, y'all, I start jacking it up. You know God going to replace me? Is God using you or your backup? Is God blessing you or your backup? Because somebody's going to get it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm done.